When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. The tragedy of Hurricane Ian, we still don't know how many people died in Florida and perhaps in the Carolinas. The destruction is, I mean, it's just devastating to look at those pictures. Imagine living that. It's just terrible. Uh, but what's missing from the stories is that regardless of why it's happening, we're having an increasing intensity of storms and the frequency as well. And it's going to require us to pivot, to rethink how we do things. And I want to talk about that coming ahead. And on a much lighter note, Remember when artificial or manufactured substitute meats of all kind were the thing a few years ago? Recently, there was a big pushback about Cracker Barrel selling some kind of meat substitute, and people were like really upset with saying they were woke or something about doing that. Uh, I don't see what that has to do with woke or anything. But regardless, I realize I'm not getting impossible burgers anymore i'm getting regular beef what's that all about what happened to our desire for these substitutes that is now over at least for now we're going to talk about that so years ago i did something for my television affiliates around the country where i did a special report on babcock ranch you may or may not have ever heard of Babcock Ranch, but it is a from-the-ground-up community that was built right near Fort Myers, Florida, right where there was such extreme devastation from the hurricane, from Ian, with loss of life and billions of dollars in property destruction. And the dislocation for people, the trauma and just trying to put their lives back together, so brutal. And then power went out, as always happens with these things, for millions of people. Well, the reality is, we don't know if the increasing frequency of storms, fires out west, hurricanes, if this cycle is going to go on for decades to come, or is suddenly just going to go away. But there are things we can do that make a difference. And going back to Babcock Ranch, Babcock Ranch was constructed with the possibility of increasing storm frequency from the ground up. This community was built with stricter standards on building. And in fact, the areas around Babcock Ranch use Babcock Ranch's public buildings 
as shelters because they knew they were built to these standards that would be able to withstand an extreme hurricane. The property damage in the community of Babcock Ranch, minimal. And the lights never went off. If you ever saw my TV special on Babcock Ranch, they have this massive array of solar that not only powers Babcock Ranch, but powers a lot of areas of Florida as well with battery backup so that they have power even when vast swaths of territory around them did not. The homes were okay. The power stayed on. In California, there are communities being built, new communities being built that are degridded from the utility companies that have had trouble being reliable with power, and then we've got the wildfires and all that. And you can now build a neighborhood from the ground up with what are called microgrids, where they can rely just on themselves for power through solar and with the battery. And this is a wave of the future. But the other thing, the building standards. Puerto Rico took the first hit. The island was without power, a lot of property damage yet again. After Puerto Rico had been through so much with Maria, what was that, five years ago? That was so destructive. And there are builders that have been building in Puerto Rico that have been building with both these things in mind. What do you do to build a property that can be hurricane resistant? Nothing's invincible, but hurricane resistant and that has its own power source. And there are homes in Puerto Rico that when neighbors had nothing left, they're still fine. The reality is we can do this. We can do this. There's a real advantages to having microgrids and people having their own power sources just because it's a known that foreign actors, probably foreign governments that wish us harm, are going to have moments where they decide, you know, it'd be really great to cause a blackout somewhere. The more we become self-reliant, the better it is. The more we improve our building standards and building codes, so we build structures that are more able to survive the kind of extreme events that could happen. You know, Governor DeSantis was talking about how This was, I guess, a 500-year flood in a lot of areas. You know, one that's mathematically only supposed to happen once every 500 years, and then there it was. And that kind of thing happens more often. Krista, you went through this, and I'm sorry to drag up what was such a brutal time for you and your family's life 13 years ago when your home was nearly completely destroyed and heavily damaged by a thousand-year flood, mm-hmm. was it? I think it was. Mathematically, a, a one-in-thousand-year chance, which is not the same as happening every thousand years, but it means it's the, the risk level was so low, and you then rebuilt that home to a standard where that will not happen again. Yeah. It's up nine, nine feet. feet. We moved from that home since, but yeah, we did. Uh, put it up nine feet, reinforce the structure, And you built a home that will stand the test of time. 
Mm -hmm. And that was quite a journey you went on to do that. But I remember back when you were buying the home and there had been questions in your mind about the possibility of flooding and your neighbors like, yeah, this doesn't flood. You're fine. You're fine. Well, I learned my lesson. (laughs) I would not buy in a flood zone again, for sure. All right. I hear that. But so much of the country, so much land, we populate these urban and suburban areas. More places are going to be subject to flooding. Right. So what do you do up front to make it a safer structure? These are the kind of things, what is the risk where you are? And even if you're not in an area you're told is likely at danger as you were by Mm -hmm. who became your neighbors, you all suffered together from the consequences of the flood. Your answer, PTSD, is you're never going to be on low ground again. Well, yeah. But the key point is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that's how we've been handling building in the United States. Big mistake. Big mistake. We need to really rethink what we build and how we build for a time that our possessions, our homes, are more vulnerable. Okay, M in Washington says, I need to put up a fence and do landscaping to rent my house out. Which should I do first to have the best tax benefit? For example, will fencing and landscaping count as a business expense on taxes if I do these after renting? Does renting constitute with the listing or does the lease need to have commenced? And are home improvements out of pocket with no loans ever tax deductible even without a renter? Okay, so... Interesting question. This gets to the issue of basis. What is considered to be basis of your home? So improvements you do to your home that give permanent or semi-permanent benefit to the house, that counts as part of adjusting the basis, reducing the amount that would be subject to capital gains. M, if your home has increased in value a lot over the years and you're going to run past the quarter million or 500,000 single married exemption from gain being subject to tax, then this becomes a real issue. If, on the other hand, your home has not had a massive improvement, uh, increase in value that would ever exceed the quarter million or 500,000, then not necessarily an issue. The thing is, though, if you're doing these improvements in order to rent out the property, there are potential benefits of being able to have that help you on taxes by making, all right, so what happens is, this gets kind of complicated, you have expenses you can charge off right away, like likely the landscaping that you would be doing to get the property ready for rental. Then you have other things, a fence would be a more permanent improvement, might be considered as part of depreciating the value of the house against your taxes. That means the current income coming in from rent can pass to you, at least in the current sense, tax-free. What I recommend is, I don't think it really matters if you've already established it as rental property. If you're in a very short period of time, doing these improvements and then putting the property for rent, the order doesn't matter. But when you do establish a property as a rental, 
that's a point at which I think it's really useful for you to meet with an accountant who does tax or a CPA who does tax and go over how you establish this property as a rental and what is going to be deductible and what's not as an expense against the rental. That was a long explanation about a fence and landscaping. Well, you said it was complicated. This is from Julie in Georgia. I called AT&T and the recording said the federal government is offering a $30 discount for seniors. I have elderly parents and their landline and internet is $100 a month. So $30 would help. AT&T gave me a website to qualify first and they want a social security number and driver's license. Is this safe for our seniors? Uh, Yes, it is. And by the way, This is something that we never talk about on the podcast. I do on television routinely that there are special programs available for internet service, cell phones, and if you still have a landline that are available for people based on uh, income, uh, any government benefits you receive, or in the case of just being a senior citizen, depending on what's available where you live. These benefits could be either uh, federal or they could be state-mandated by state public utility regulators. So doing this process to save your parents' money is just fine. And Linda in Ohio says, looking at trading our van, if we buy a new one with trade, we get $11,000 and we have a $10,000 deposit, but we will owe $30,000 that we'll have to put on a car loan for six or more percent. Mm. Is it better to keep the old van, which eventually will need repairs or trade for the new van, which gets better gas mileage because it's a hybrid? Okay, Linda. If that van's still working and you have to throw some money in it, To keep it on the road, keep it on the road because everything I'm reading, the used vehicle prices are starting to trend down slowly. The availability of new vehicles, depending on brand, getting better uh, month by month. And so we have had historically outrageous values for used vehicles lately and new vehicles. Both are because of disruptions to supply chains due to COVID and the chip issues that the vehicle manufacturers have had. You look at the number of vehicles that a lot of automakers have been able to deliver, and they seem to be getting better at dealing with the supply chain issues, which means that prices are almost certainly going to become more favorable as you look month by month through 23 and into 24. So if it were me, the value of the van is such that it doesn't have far to come down from 11 versus you look at what you're talking about, over $50,000 of this van. Keep the van you've got on the road, knowing that the marketplace is going to become more favorable to you the longer you can stall this purchase. And straight ahead, I remember we even did a social media thing where I did blind taste tests of beef and different artificial meats, and it got huge traffic when we did that. Today, if I did that, we'd get zero views. Why? So when we did the blind taste test, 
of comparing real red meat versus different artificials. I was just supposed to pick not what was what, which one I liked the taste of best. And to my surprise, because I went into that test sure that I would be able to immediately prefer traditional real red meat, I was stunned that I preferred the Impossible Burger. And I was going on and on. Now, this one's so great. This one's so much better than these others. And then the great reveal comes. It was impossible. So I was like, wow, this is good. And so I started eating Impossible Burgers. I'd go to Burger King and get the Impossible Whopper. But I was paying more for it. And for a while, people would do that. And now, not so much. Because when I go in to order, even when I see they have, I didn't like the Beyond, I called it the Beyond Awful Burger. But anyway, different tastes for different people. When a place would have the Impossible, at one time I would have ordered it, and I don't think I've ordered one in two years. And why is it? Because I'm cheap. I won't spend the extra money. And I think that's it, you know, that there was a novelty at first trying these meat substitutes that were made in factories. And to people that are really into the environmental thing, supposed to be much better for the environment for people to eat these substitutes. But, you know, we spend green. We spend our money. The cost has been something when I see, oh, it's a buck fifty extra here, or two dollars extra there, or a dollar extra this other place. I don't even think about it anymore because it's extra. And what's ironic about that is that ultimately they're going to be able to make real red meat in a factory, not with cows out in the field. And it will deal with the environmental thing and it'll be cheaper. Right now it's extra money to make real meat. But these substitutes, why would I pay extra? Because the whole idea is if it's a substitute, they should be able to make it cheaper. And they haven't been able to do that yet. And I had said last year that there were a lot of predictions that you were going to end up in a situation where you'd go into a place and the meat substitute would be cheaper but that never happened. So I was, I was completely wrong about the fake meat becoming cheaper than real meat. So there I am, Krista. I know that it really worries you that I eat red meat and how much I meat. I Tell think the, truth, I think the, quali- I think the quality of the meat is what matters, no matter what meat you're eating. What do you mean? I think eating grass-fed beef is good for you because the cows are eating the grass and the things that really give you the nutrients. I think factory farming, I'm not a huge fan, but I don't eat meat. I only eat fish sometimes. So I love these things, but I now just have them as a treat when I'm out because they do, they are made with a lot of stuff that worries me. So you're so. telling me the meat substitutes, the the fake meat, all the processing they do of it, that worries you. It does for me. Yes. Well, okay, so one thing we can agree on is that ultra-processing of food... No matter what form. All kinds of science shows that ultra-processed food is a problem. Agreed. Wow. We're on the same page with food. Wow, I think that's a fist bump. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
<laughs> we'll go to questions. This is from Al in Idaho. Hi, Clark. Please warn your listeners about making changes to their existing hotel reservations using the big hotel chain online apps. I'm a diamond member of a big hotel chain and made reservations in May of 22 for a January of 23 10-day stay. Last week, I updated my credit card data on the reservation and my room rate automatically went from $150 to $315 per night. Wait, 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 wait. All you did was change the credit card being used for payment for the hotel? That's what they said, yeah. Right, we got to talk about that more in a second. Go ahead. I contacted customer no support and they refused to fix this. Hotel rates have increased so much that the chains are looking for any opportunity to bump up your prior cheaper rate. If you're thinking about making a change to your reservation, don't use their online app and instead call the reservations desk first. At least they can verbally tell you the cost impact of your change before you make it. Okay. So Al, several things here. First of all, because you said diamond, that's automatically Hilton. So anybody who's Hilton knows we're talking about Hilton here. You should be on social media, Al, making a fuss about this. The change of form of payment is not a material change in a reservation that ever should have changed the price. Hilton is out of line on this. And the fact that they have put you on ignore as a Diamond member is insanely stupid. Um, Second, get all over social media posting about what happened to you. You know, there are these certain websites that the travel industry players watch very closely that are for very frequent travelers. Uh, think about uh, things like Flyer Talk and all. There are, there are a lot of these that you can go to and post about it. Other people post. And let me tell you, the airlines and hotel chains even though they put most of us on ignore, if you have a board that's all people who are the big spenders with the airlines and hotel chains, they pay attention and they'll probably do right by you. The thing with changing a form of payment on a hotel room, you don't ever have to worry about it till you arrive at the hotel. You can always present a different form of payment when you arrive at the hotel and it will make no change in anything else about your reservation, and certainly not the nightly room rate. That is unconscionable what happened to you. One other thing I just thought about, contact the general manager at the hotel in Tucson. Tell him or her what happened, and see if the general manager will address this and fix this for you. Kevin in Colorado says, what do you think about the Rocket Money app? Do you think it's a good idea to use it? And do you think it's safe to load your credit card information, et cetera? So this is uh, Rocket Money, and they're advertising pretty heavily on TV, I see, because of football. (laughs) Um, Used to be Truebill. And this is one where they go through all your stuff, all your subscriptions, all your bills, and they say... We'll take 40% of the savings, but we'll automatically do this. We'll see what subscriptions you have, you shouldn't have, blah, 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 blah. And it's been one that people either love or love to hate. This is one that has not been clean as far as how people feel about Truebill, now called Rocket Money. The biggest issue that's come up, and if you read our review that we updated a couple of months ago, on Rocket Money, on Clark.com, you'll see that the biggest problem people have is Rocket Money will decide with their system 
to change a rate plan you have with someone and say, hey, we saved you all this money, but it turns out the change they made took away a lot of benefits you had and you can't get back whatever that was. To me, there should be a process where they check with you first before they change something. They say, hey, we're planning to move you from this plan to this plan. The rate will go from X dollars to Y dollars. Do you want us to do it? Then you would be all in with them making the change. But they do it automated. And once they've made it, it's over and you lose whatever it was. And then they take 40% from you for having made that change. So the idea behind it is great. The execution, not sure. Carolyn in Georgia says, hi, Clark, I have a Costco City credit card. While I pay my balance in full each month, I signed up with City for a minimum balance auto pay just in case to avoid paying a ridiculous late fee. Even though I pay the statement balance in full, if there are purchases past the statement date, they charge the $35 auto pay unless I pay exactly on the due date before 5 p.m. With my Discover card, as soon as I pay my balance, a message says no auto pay will be deducted this period. City's greedy policy is a constant annoyance and for some could be a hardship. Can anything be done to circumvent or stop this process? So this is not unusual when you have an automatic pay set up just so you never trigger a late fee, you never affect your credit for failing to make a payment that that automatic you've set up will take place even if you make your payment for your statement balance. So it's like what happens is there are always a certain amount of dollars ahead on you where you're overpaying your statement essentially. And as much as it's silly that City does this, it's still to your advantage. Um, I do do this with City too, and the one way you can get around it is when you go on to make your online payment in full, you can cancel it. As long as you're doing it before, they would take the payment out, so you can cancel it. So like you every manually month. can override yeah. in that one month. In that one month, so you'd have to do it each time. Okay, so Carolyn, there you have it. There's an additional step you can take when you've paid the balance in full to remove that automatic. that you have coming out or whatever it would be. The idea though, if you got a lot of different cards, you got a busy life, setting up these automatics so that you never trigger a late fee or a negative mark on your credit that would stay with you seven years is actually a worthwhile thing. I don't do that with any cards. I do. But um, (laughs) it's actually not a bad idea. I'm sorry that City makes you go through extra hoops to avoid them taking extra money from you when you make the payment, but there is this workaround that you do. Do you just let them have the extra I money? Let them or have do you, it. Do, you let them just have the prepayment towards I the do, because I've already spent whatever that minimum was anyway on the next month, but I'm just doing it for the rewards, and it's just like, you know, an extra payment toward next month's payment. Well, I want to tell you, I appreciate all the questions you submit, Sometimes we have answers that may not seem strong enough to you, but in this case, yes, it's silly that City's system is set up the way it is, but there is the workaround. But what you're doing is a good thing. I want you to share your experiences with us. We listen to you. I want to thank you for submitting your questions. 
giving us your feedback and you help inform what information is important for us at Team Clark to offer through newsletters, social media, on our websites, and right here on the podcast. Have a great day.